Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host. My name is Greg Mahachko, joined by the whole squad. We have with us this week our founder and fearless leader at CornNation.com, Mr. John Dam Johnston. Say hello to the nice people, John. Hi, nice people. And the rest of you fuckers, too. Fair enough. I mean, I wasn't including the rest of them, but just the nice people. Uh, and of course, uh, Todd Wolverton with us uh, as always. Todd, great seeing you, sir. How, how, how have you been? Well, I've been great, Greg. You know what? Happy Small Business Week. Amen. Yeah, it's Small Business Week. And may, may I? Go ahead. You may. I, I, I want to throw one more on that. It is no secret that I'm a nerd, right? Uh, you know, from, from comic books to Star Wars and all that good stuff, uh, I, I've probably documented. I have a Green Lantern tattoo on my arm here. This Saturday, May 7th, is free comic book day at any brick-and-mortar comic book store across the country, probably. Uh, you can go and get free comic books uh, from all, you know, all the big publishers, Marvel, DC, and the rest. Uh, and I encourage you to do it. And while you're, and, and I'm not talking, you know, like, oh, pff, comics are for kids. Yeah, but they're for all ages. You know, comics have evolved and grown and, and uh, matured. Uh, so as society has as well. Uh, so I encourage you to Todd's point about small businesses. Comic book stores are, in my experience, the only uh, individually curated store that you can go to it used to be like blockbuster or you know a, a movie rental place people that, that see you regularly and you can go in and be like jim what's new what what's uh what you got and and somebody there you know jim maybe if there's a gym uh would be able to say hey man I, we just got this one in i think you're really gonna like it video rental stores aren't around anymore if you still have a video rental store in your community i hope that you uh support it but comic book shops, and I know they're not in a lot of the smaller communities, but comic book shops are that new curated experience. I, I can go to mine, Twilight Comics, Swansea, Illinois, and I can say, surprise me. Give me something you think I like. And they've never disappointed me. So before we get all into the Husker athletics, and there's a lot to talk about, I want to jump on the, the Todd Wolverton Support Small Business Week uh, bandwagon and say, Freak comics. And then while you're there, give them a few bucks and, and pick something out, something for you, something for your kids. Look, if, if you like the Marvel movies, if you like the Batman movies or if you, you know what Batman's a different subject, but, but if you deep. like those comic book movies, they start in comic books. So I implore you to go check out your local comic book shop, your brick and mortars, as I like to call them and support them because they need your help, too. Wow. That's 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 really cool. I'm I've got a whole bunch of comic books that I'm gonna try to sell. I I've I've worked my way through all of them, and I need to I need to let them go though, Greg. Need to let you them go. You talk to me about it, shoots. We'll uh we'll work a deal. I will. Hey, also, <laughs> John. Right. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week. Oh, it is. It is. My wife is getting uh, presents or something, and people have bought her lunch. And yeah. well, uh, how are you doing, John? <laughs> God, that was too joyful. I do have an announcement. Just so you know, I I I might be leaving the podcast. I have decided to put my name into the SB Nation podcast transfer portal. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't have anything against you guys, but uh, I'm trying to work a, a deal with Blue Chew. <laughs> and it really depends on which SB Nation team picks me up to talk about Bluetooth more and gives me the most money because that's really what I'm out for. And more Bluetooth, obviously. obviously. Sometimes you just want to walk around that way. Let me uh, ask you this, John. Serious yes? question. Would you rather have a fistful of Bluetooth or a fistful of cash? Now, remember, well, you're I have potential two sponsoring. <laughs> If you play it right, thinking, you could be. I was thinking that, you know, hopefully Purdue would pick me up because now that I've spent these last four years under Scott Frost, I could, I really understand what it's like to be a Purdue fan with all the pain they've gone through in their lifetime. Oh, wow. <laughs> or maybe Iowa, I could go to the Iowa people and say, listen, I know what it's like to be in denial about your coach. <laughs> 
What about you know, uh, uh I'd l- fit l- right l- in. I'd probably throw up in my mouth a lot more, but you know, whatever. If anything for a buck. Let me let me ask you this. What about uh burnt orange nation? Because they were big losers last weekend. First of all, no draft picks for the second time in their program's history. And on top of that, O'Shawn Mathis is <laughs> is an <laughs> apparently they're putting together a three million dollar Neil deal to get some guy out of Pittsburgh. Is it Pitt? Oh, so- Southern Cal's doing that, aren't they? Well, they everybody's doing it. What, what? That's why I want to do it. Too. The guy, the guy from Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, yeah, so um, Joe the plumber from Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's the defensive end this week. John, what? if if you're in the – we all know the rules of the transfer portal. You enter the transfer portal, you're not officially gone. So while you're uh, shopping offers, I'm going to put together quite the compensation package for you. And speaking of packages, with all the blue chew we're going to send John, he's going to be able to lift his wife right to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> okay and you or, won't have to clutch your chest you won't have to clutch your chest like Todd with the blue chew <laughs> blue chew won't give you a heart problems i'm pretty sure i've never actually taken it but i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure watch it. make sure you read all the fine print and the side effects uh but with enough blue chew john your lady too can be lifted off her feet well, I do know that you can't take that stuff at the same time you're taking nitro or it'll kill you. Did you find that one out from a buddy of yours who had a bad night? I don't know. I found that out because the pharmacist was insisting on talking to me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Time out. I, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. The pharmacist who you, uh-huh. I mean, you see occasionally, but probably not like on a first name basis with. I, well, I don't need her anymore because, okay. uh, you know, I understand all the drugs I take now. Of, of course. And I don't take uh, nitro. I don't have any nitro anymore. But I, I used I'm to just have- trying to figure out how you and the pharmacist got talking about getting your dick hard. <laughs> because this is this is nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just how things work when you get older and part of your heart dies. Okay. You know, it's part of that system that keeps the blood going and we need blood to do things. We do. We need mm-hmm. blood. Blood so pumping. She's basically like, uh, you do not take this at the same time as this, or you will die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it'd be exciting. Not as exciting as fighting a bear blowing up in an explosion. But what, a, what as the old saying goes, what a way to go. But here's the thing with it I'd just be dead. I wouldn't have to explain it to anybody. My wife would have to explain it to somebody. <laughs> She probably wouldn't really like that way of dying. She'd be like, no, he's fucking big. In fact, she'd probably run out of the house and blow the motherfucker up. To that point. You know, every week we see how far we can get off the rails even further, don't we? To that point. uh, Yeah. Would it be a similar? Oftentimes you see like a picture of a giant spider or a nest of spiders or a snake or something in somebody's house. Like, well, time to move or burn the house or something like that. Are you saying that you you, uh, having a a mid coitus side effect and and, uh, uh, that that costs you dearly? Your wife would just I don't know what happened, officer. There was a gas leak. I, he he had disappeared downstairs in his podcast room for a while. I heard something about a bottle of pills, and I don't know what happened. The house just exploded. You know how easy it is when you take a bunch of pills. It is to mix them all up. No, I'm not a hundred. <laughs> how? <laughs> all right. Uh, I mean, well, I'm, I'm down to three today. I'm down to three now. That's awesome. I really never I never really took that many. I took like six or seven, maybe at the height of my pill taking for the heart attack, brain injury thing. But it's real easy to, you know, get one pill in there with the other pills and you mix them up. And um, that's why you kept the nitro in a special place in a bottle and way away from everything else. Well, regardless, John, as I think it goes without saying, we are just 
thrilled that you're here. Uh, we love the fact that that you took on uh, a, a severe heart attack, the Widowmaker, and uh, and said, "Not today. I'm not leaving my wife. There's more torment to provide." And uh, we're here. We're glad that you're with us this week. We know that you were were uh, a little under the weather last week, so Todd and I had to do the best we could. And boy. We sure did, didn't we, Todd? <laughs> well, <laughs> it was we so bad. Best. We were we were following the draft, and let's talk about that draft uh, because the Huskers uh, were. Okay, we sent uh, hundreds percentage more uh, players through the draft of this year than Texas, which is great. Uh, but the first one, I don't think it was a surprise to many, was Cam Jurgens, Philadelphia. And I think a lot of them, the, the, a lot of those city folk, not sure what to make of Cam Jurgens, uh, but I think they're all, all kind of on board. That just made me sad that he went to Philly. Yeah. Well, they all can't go to Green Bay. Samari Torre did. Yeah. He'll be I good. don't know how to feel about Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Isn't that the city that booed Santa Claus? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't. But how, how do I should how should I feel about the Philadelphia Eagles? Because I like you. Cam I'll tell you how you should feel. They're not the Cowboys. Oh, that's a good point. OK, I don't hate it as much as I did three minutes ago. <laughs> and they're not uh, the Washington Guardians. Commanders. No, commanders. commanders. Guardians. Apparently, are according Cleveland. to my rotten son, Guardians. Yeah. they t- they now call themselves the commies. Mm hmm. I saw and that. I, that just just bizarre. They, Todd's you know. changing uh, NFL allegiance when he heard that. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll have to be a fan. <laughs> Actually, my cousins are out there, and they've been Washington fans for years and years and years and years, and they are not on the commander's bandwagon. They were very much on the – they're the Redskins. They'll always be the Redskins. Don't mess with the Redskins. That was their position on things. And, and look, I, I'm not here to, you know, agree or disagree with that. That's not my place. I'm I'm a white man from Illinois, you know, so I don't get to have opinions on a lot of things. Uh, I just feel like uh, aesthetically speaking, uh, they could have some, done something better than commanders. the commanders. The um, uh, the I'm trying to think of the Washington team for. I think Washington had a, a team in the XFL that, that relaunched a couple of years back. Um, but I mean, there were, uh, I don't know that they, they could have been so much better. Uh, and, and you could have tapped into some, some other rich heritage uh, in, in history. Uh, I think the red tails was one. Red tails um, is one I liked. I did. And that, that, that was a good. One. That, that was really good. One. And um, so they could have done better Washington. You let me down, but it wouldn't be the first time I've been let down by Washington. You know what I mean? Well, John was because when Washington crossed the Delaware, he told John, you stay over here. We don't want your ass on the other side. <laughs> okay. So John then. said, you mean over here where it's snowing and cold and I have my feet wrapped in rags and I got nothing to eat? And George says, well, you ain't going to help us on the other side. He was too young. Yeah. <sighs> okay. What, what was going on with the draft? What the hell? <laughs> uh yeah so uh as as we mentioned uh a lot of a lot of huskers were drafted um and uh so we mentioned cam jurgens and just a few picks later another cam went cam taylor Britt, uh the 60th pick to uh the defending afc champions uh believe it or not uh the cincinnati Bengals. um and kind of the video that a lot of husker fans gravitated towards was zach taylor uh, calling and speaking with Cam and, and let, informing him he was going to be the pick. And I think the Bengals caption, or maybe the Huskers caption, I can't remember which, says something like one Husker to another or, you know, something like that. So, so very cool. Um, I think, well, let, let's, let's go through this real quick. As we mentioned, um, Samari Torre went uh, in the seventh round. I feel like I'm missing some, uh, but because there were other JoJo Huskers. didn't get drafted. No, he those did are not. The only three that got drafted. Okay. Yeah, well, then I I don't I don't feel as bad. I think that's the biggest surprise, honestly, uh, is that uh, JoJo did not get picked. Um, Austin Allen, I, I I feel like he got overlooked. 
I know that there's some, you know, questions, um, but I, I like his size. I like his hands and he was a good route runner. Damian Daniels kind of shocked me as well, but it, I, I think at that point, um, if didn't have an, enough cachet, wasn't a big enough name uh, to perhaps warrant, um, uh, you know, you know, in, in a gosh, we saw in, and Todd and I were tracking this last week, the number of defensive linemen in, and certainly offensive linemen that were taken early. Uh, they, they felt like linemen this this draft were early and often. Uh, so um, let's run down here. Jojo Doman ended up uh, signing with the Indianapolis Colts. Austin Allen with the New York Giants. Uh, Daniels to Houston. Uh, he'll be a Texan. And Deontay Williams uh, going to the Northwest, poor guy, uh, signing with Seattle. Now, let me uh, throw an asterisk there. Poor guy. He, he, I think he's going to do, you know, very well. And, and any opportunity is a good opportunity. I just have, have never been a Seahawks fan. Uh, ben Stilley going to Miami. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, those were the only ones. Yeah. You, you, Greg, you did mention Samari Torre and he, you, you didn't say he is going to be a Green Bay Packer, which, you know, I think we, John, you know, it was, it was mentioned earlier. I didn't want to rehash and, and you know, be too oh, I got you. Then I, I missed it. And, you know, so he gets, he gets to catch balls from Aaron Rodgers. Three or 400. <laughs> Up until I, he gets into the playoffs and then it'll be one. <laughs> but will they elect to run the ball or throw the ball when the game is on the line at their, at the one, their opponents won. And a lot of, a lot of things. Passerating. No. Um, I, well, no, I'm, we're, let's just focus on the Huskers. I didn't, we're, I don't, we're, we're going to get lit up in the YouTube comments. We're going off on tangents as it is. Let's just keep it Husker focused here. Uh, regardless, as always, I'm, I'm exceptionally proud, you know, uh, in, in, in the only way a fan can be, we don't really have any agency or ownership of it. Uh, very proud of all the Huskers. Um, and the ones that end up at Cincinnati can't root for you. Sorry. Uh, cause you're in, in the AFC North with my beloved Steelers. So I hope you have, uh, I, I hope you get a, a delicious free, uh, a free agent, uh, offer some other team on the West coast in four years. Camp you know, it was uh, one thing I noticed about the NFL draft was, uh, just as important as Nebraska players being selected was the lack of highlights of other players against Nebraska. I only saw one uh, by any player got, got drafted by anybody else where they showed Nebraska as the team being destroyed. And I think that's, uh, that's was it the, saying that's progress. progress. Was it the return man for Michigan state? <laughs> No, it would. I can't remember what it was, but I thought, wow. It, it, I mean, they showed like I, realistically. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of the Ohio State receivers, like yeah, Olave they, they, or something. I mean, yeah, those guys went high, but you you saw their uh, highlights were against like Penn State and Maryland, and it was kind of no Nebraska for either of those guys. And I thought, wow, all right, yeah, it's because we played you decently on defense, <laughs> motherfuckers. And that's uh, in, in when you go three and nine, you know, and we, we beat this to that. It became a joke. It's still a joke in baseball season. You know, like uh, when you lose one, nothing to Iowa, you know, we're still losing by one score. Um, I, I can't stress enough. And, and I'm sure folks are tired of hearing about it. I hope not, but we were in a lot of ball games. We had the opportunity to win a lot of ball games last year. Maybe this is, you know, glass half full, you know, rose colored glasses, et cetera, et cetera. But I still feel, I felt then and I felt feel even better now that things are looking up and headed in the right direction. And to, I guess, solidify that opinion, we have to go back a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to play the audio because it's going to take too long to find. But Todd, you were awful sour on uh, it, it was, I think, in our Casey Rogers episode and all, all the, you know, the departures from the defensive line. 
and you said, and I, 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 Todd, I don't say that to throw you under the bus at all. Um, but the concern was defensive line. Well, during the draft and in the days since the draft, old Husker uh, Blackshirt defensive line got a little bit of a boost. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis, we learned on Saturday, uh, was the, the TCU standout four-star uh, rush end was choosing Nebraska over Texas. And then earlier this week, uh, it was uh, revealed uh, by the player himself that Devin Drew, uh, defensive lineman from Texas Tech, was uh, choosing Nebraska over other options. And there's still, you know, there's Alabama players and Florida players. I mean, I feel like this defensive unit, this coaching staff's not done. Todd, let me get your not I want to use the word opinion again, but uh, let me see where you're at on the additions uh, to it and to the defensive line. And if you feel it's an upgrade from a uh, Damian Daniels, a Casey Rogers, et cetera. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, I don't remember exactly what I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, though I did, you know, I was critical of it and I was very concerned. Um, and I think I probably said somewhere along the line, they're going to have to pay a lot of attention in this portal and pull some people out of there. You know, and what I've seen and what I've read from the pundits is, you know, uh, when the dust all clears, they believe that we're probably in a better position than we were um, when we had, you know, Fladarius Payne and when we had Casey Rogers and when we had, oh, um, Jordan Riley, that with these new players, it's an upgrade, you know, for each one of them. And, you know, we'll see, but certainly, um, you know, Casey Rogers, am I saying that? It was Casey. Am I? Yeah. Right. This was the one that we talked about. Yeah. He's, he he's just the announced. That, yeah, he's, yeah. The one that, Hey, look at me. Um, but you know, he, he had a hard time staying healthy and um, you know, so the, the one thing they say about Devin drew is that the guy plays a lot of snaps um, you know, he's not, um, he's a, he's a guy that is, is going to take up blockers. He's a guy that's going to, um, you know, allow our linebackers to work and, and, you know, he's just kind of a, you know, a lunch bucket kind of a defensive lineman. And then if you believe everything about O'Shawn Mathis, it's been said, um, he'll be a terror out there. Um, you know, and, and so I, I think, that the defensive line's in in good shape now, and if they pull in one of the you know either the guy from Alabama or if they pull the guy in from Florida, which you know they still need that big old boy that they can put down in the two technique and and um, uh, you know take up some space. Um, I think they'll be in real good shape. So kudos to the you know the coaching staff, and um, you know <laughs> the one thing that we can say that um, about Nebraska is they're winning the portal. Um, they're, they're doing incredibly well with the portal. And, uh, you know, kudos to them. I, I don't know that that's the way to build long-term success, but um, Mel Tucker showed last year that it's a way uh, to, if you get the right players and you put them in the right spots and they bring the right skill sets, uh, it's a way to, to turn things around real quick. And that's what Scott Frost has to do. He has to win this year. He, he can't, we're not building for the future right now. That's not the top priority. The priority is, is to win now. I, the, the transfer portal is, and I think always has been, even in, in its early stages, uh, uh, or maybe not as early, definitely now. Um, let me, let me, back up in its earliest stages it was well i'm a grad senior and uh you know i'm just not getting the playing time that i want here at power five school so i'll go to group of five school and and get the playing time that i want and uh, or i've had a good career at group of five school graduated graduate senior gonna move up you know to a a mid-level power five program you know type of thing now it, I think the transfer portal to your point, Todd, is much more get the guys the immediate needs. It's 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 there to bridge the gap, right? Uh, and the the point the the hope is that you have uh, the the Nash Hutmockers 
you know, underneath who, who are going to be playing alongside learning, growing, developing, and then taking that role because I believe Devin Drew's only going to be around for a season, you know, Actually, um, a semester. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so I, I guess they better hope that he gets a, you know, whatever bowl game they get to, it, it happens before <laughs> Christmas break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. But uh, um, when we talk about um, potential and we got two guys who are coming from, you know, two transfer portal signees on the defensive line who are coming from the big 12, which I don't say notoriously, but, but the joke has been for years now, Oh, the big 12, they don't play defense, you know? Right. So you hope that the, you know, and I think statistics are, are proving, you know, at least for these two guys proving otherwise, but you know, Mathis we know is, is a hoss. Um, and, and Devin drew will continue to learn more about, as you said, he, he just gets in there and plays snaps and, and is, you know, everything that you want. I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, I'm just so thrilled Todd that you're, you know, saying positive things about the coaching staff finally coming around. Well, Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, most of, just to clarify, the 98% of my criticism of the coaching staff has been directed towards one coach. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, you know, Greg, um, I do actually have something really good to say about that one coach, but Bring that up a little bit later. Let's talk more about some of the other things you want to talk about. And then then I'll say some nice things about the head coach. You know what? I'm not going to wait. I want to hear what you have to say nice now, and then we'll move on. <laughs> well, for all the criticism that I've levied at him and, and um, other people have too, um, you know, it's not only is it small business week, not only is it teacher appreciation week, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's Scott Frost Appreciation Week. No, no, no. Every day is Scott <laughs> Frost Day. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I, was, I was driving out to Kearney this week and um, listening to Sports Nightly. And I try to catch that, you know, when I'm on the road at night because I like listening to those guys. And, and you know, they, they a lot of times have some of those more human interest kinds of stories. Well, anyway... What, what captured me, and this is where, you know, I'm, I'm headed, was they were, they were talking about, you know, college athletes and mental health. And, um, you know, the University of Nebraska always seems to be out front on a lot of things that are for the athletes. I mean, you know, going way, way back to strength and conditioning programs, academic supports, et cetera, et cetera. Nutrition program. Nutrition programs, everything. And, you know, University of Nebraska has been out front also when it comes to, you know, um, they had Dr. Stark, you know, who was a team, you know, sports psychologist and, and, you know, quite a few years ago in the Osborne era, and that's only grown. And so, you know, the, the mental health services that are being offered and provided to Nebraska athletes is just incredible. And they had an interview with Omar Manning. And, you know, to anybody who follows Nebraska football, you know, when Omar Manning, we heard all these things, you know, the number one wide receiver come out of junior college, you know, all this talent, all this skill. And then he wasn't playing. I mean, he wasn't. And, and really, there was no explanation. And then eventually it started coming out a little bit. And, um, you know, Scott Frost, I felt, handled things very, very well because Scott Frost knew what was going on. You know, he's the head coach. He knew that, that Omar Manning was having some of these mental health struggles. And Omar Manning, um, in his interview, says, he says, I don't know where I'd be if I, didn't, if I hadn't come to Nebraska and had the supports that I've had you know, with, with the, the help that's been provided to me. And I think Scott Frost, you know, he could have cast aside Omar Manny and, you know, he yeah. protected, he protected Omar's privacy early on and he looked at it as an injury. And when you really think about it, it is an injury and it should yeah. be considered to a degree an injury. And so, you know, hats off to Scott Frost, because here you've got this guy, that because he wasn't producing, because he wasn't getting out there on the field, 
you know, he didn't just cast him off. He just didn't say, well, you know, why don't you just step away? We need your scholarship. Um, nor did he force him into a situation that he couldn't handle. And, and I guess kind of where I'm going with this, Greg, is, you know, that, that, that takes a lot from a coach because, you know, this is a new day and age. And I don't think all coaches, even today, would, would have handled that situation the same. Now, what I'm really interested in is, you know, I think probably once a week for the rest of the month of May, they have interviews with Nebraska athletes on Sports Nightly who are experiencing mental health issues. And I was surprised <clears throat> who two of the next three, the next, you know, they also, they're one of the people they've interviewed, and I, I, I wish I could remember her name, but she's a pole vaulter on the track and field team who's had incredible battles with anorexia. And, um, but then the other two that they uh, have interviewed that they'll play, Kinsey Knuckles, who is that marvelous defender on the volleyball team, and Bryce Matthews on the baseball team. And because Omar Manning came out, that's what led Bryce to be willing to talk about, oh. you know, the, the struggles that he's had. And, you know, I sit here and I think about the loudmouth and, and, you know, I, I can't plead total innocence here. I've been totally frustrated by Bryce Matthews play this year, the errors that he's made out in the field, you know, the fact that he's watched strike three so many times this year, you know, it's been very, very frustrating, but, you know, I, I haven't been that guy that sits three rows behind me and just yells incredibly uh, harsh things at Bryce Matthews when he strikes out and that kind of thing. And it could be. Yeah. I, I, that's the part when you said that uh, Bryce Matthews was going to do one of the interviews, the heckling at college baseball can sometimes just be unbelievably nasty. And I don't mean profane, but it can be really right to your heart when you, if you're at the plate and it's a, you know, it's a hard sport baseball. I, I, I never watched the major leagues, but I mean, when you're standing up there, a pitcher is by himself, the batter's by himself, and it's really up to them, and everybody's watching the two of them, you know what I mean? So to have the mental strength to do all that stuff and still compete is just pretty amazing. Well, yeah, and then throw on top of it these other issues that he has. And, and you know, here's the but, – but here's the big thing, and, and this is, I guess, what's kind of changing my perspective, and I'll, I'll finish this up here just in a minute. But since – since March of 2022, there have been five Division One athletes that have committed suicide. Yeah. A lacrosse player, a male lacrosse player from Binghamton, his name was Robert Martin. Track and field athlete from Northern Michigan by the name of Jaden Hill. A cross country and track runner from Wisconsin. An amazing all Big Ten cross-country runner from Wisconsin by the name of Sarah Schultz. Katie Meyer, a goalie for Stanford, a goalkeeper, right. who won the national championship in 2019 for Stanford because she stopped PKs in, at, you know, to decide the game. And most recently, Lauren Burnett, the catcher from James Madison University, who was on that Cinderella softball team that made the college world series last year. And so I think about Scott Frost and I think about head coaches at any level. We didn't worry when I was a coach about mental health and mental illness with our athletes. And I think about how this is a changing dynamic because James Madison University, College World Series participants last year, yeah. they canceled their season after yeah. her death. And so there are 20 some girls, women, that aren't finishing a softball season. And it, it's not that I'm saying poor them. It's just a reality of the times that we deal yeah. with. So Scott Frost, I'm, I'm glad you're taking care of Omar Manning and the other athletes that are under your charge. It's really important <clears throat> this month uh, and it, every month uh, to um, work to destigmatize, uh, you know, mental health. Uh, 
issues and barriers, uh, Todd, to your point, and and uh, we're going to take a, a time out after this. Uh, we'll have the phone number uh, in our, our story as well. Um, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255, 24 hours a day, English and Spanish. Um, your your life matters. Uh, and and as, as a, a friend of of uh, someone who's not with us anymore uh, because of suicide. Uh, and, and I'm not the only one and, and, you know, I'm not special in that regard. Um, yeah, there's not a day that goes by, you know, that we don't think of him. Uh, we, we named uh, one of our twins uh, after Matt. So um, if, if you're feeling uh, overwhelming uh, senses of depression, anxiety, et cetera, Go, go talk to somebody, uh, you know, talk, start just by opening up to a, a close friend or family member. Uh, and then, you know, they can help get you point in the right direction for, for the right, you know, counseling and things like that. But, um, you know, the, don't, I think I'm minimizing it with this statement, but this is kind of the uh, line that I heard growing up. Don't, you know, you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, you know, and, and I know mental health is, is much more, um, in depth than quote unquote temporary problem. So I'm not trying to minimize it, but again, that phone number 800-273-8255. And with that, uh, we'll take a timeout and then we'll come back uh, for Todd to give him an opportunity to uh, yell at Scott Frost. So that's coming up next. <laughs> Welcome back to the five heart podcast. Uh, so we just went to a break on a very serious topic uh, the, one of the more serious topics we've ever addressed here on the five heart podcast, but let's get back into doing what Todd loves to do the most <laughs> yelling at HCSF. And this time around we've got NCAA violations. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> they don't matter. You know, it, it, and John's right in the big <laughs> scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but you know, one of our writers uh, at Coronation, Nate McHugh, uh, you know, he comes up with some of the best lines sometimes. And, and you know, I, I don't think this is necessary. I don't think he owns this one. But if you're going to cheat, you could at least win, you know. Yeah. And, That's and fair. That's fair. But that being said, and, and I, I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell on and on it. But one of my biggest criticisms of Scott Frost has been he doesn't lead and he doesn't manage. And, you know, you've got to manage a program. And the fact that he had a consultant that was blatantly violating the rules. And if they want to say, well, he was doing it down at Auburn or, you know, these analysts do it at other places and whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, that's bullshit. Um, in, in the Internet world, Todd, uh, comments sections specifically, they call that what about ism and what about ism is frowned upon. OK, I learned that recently on the Internet. <laughs> Well, you? <laughs> I, you know, and, and so, but I, but I'll say what John's, I mean, <laughs> so he, he's got his, you know, year probation and the $10,000 fine and that kind of stuff. I'm more concerned about the, the damn agents and the basketball players at Kansas and the basketball players at Creighton with all the shoe contracts and nothing's being, you know, done at all with them. And it seems like, Oh, well, now we got NIL, so that really doesn't look that bad in the, you know, you, you can't you know, go backwards. But. Don't you find it bizarre? I mean, Scott Frost now is the only Nebraska head coach with an NCAA violation. In any sport? In, right? Am I right? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean I've think never about heard it. of the only There's only two. Remember, I think it happened back when we were in school in the 80s. There was a kerfuffle with the NCAA where, where football players were selling their tickets. They were given tickets that they could give away to like family and girlfriends and stuff like that. And some of them were selling their tickets. Well, the there was NCAA, a textbook thing too. Right. You know, we, we got in trouble because we were giving away the textbooks for a course. And the only ones we were supposed to give away were the required textbooks. So we were actually giving too much education to our student athletes <laughs> and the NCAA did not like that. What year was but that? Other than that other than that, is there any, any, anything, any sport 
I can't think of any. So you literally have Scott Frost now, the only coach with an NCAA violation at a time in which the NCAA is more worthless than it's ever been. They have no teeth. They are completely useless. And he ends up being the only guy that does this. That's the part that astonishes me, I guess. And what I, you know, it's like he's touching all of the bases and there's more than three. (laughs) And and like Nate said, to do a, look, let's back up a little bit here. If you're not aware of the situation, uh, the Husker program admitted that uh, misused uh, Jonathan Rutledge. Uh, that that the program misused Jonathan Rutledge while he was a special teams analyst in 2020. Uh, Since he was an analyst and not an official coaching staff member, he should not have been providing technical or tactical instruction to the players during practices or film sessions, nor should he have been doing so during games. So they misused basically what it sounds like to me is that they mislabeled the coach. uh, And at a time when I think we needed a special teams coach, uh, you know, find find somebody else that you can make an analyst somewhere and and get them off the sideline, because let's face it, the last few years it's not like we've had a good special teams, you know, Anything. uh, yeah, yeah, uh, unit. So, well, God bless. Yeah, it, it it's just <sighs> about any time, you know. Quite honestly, in Scott Frost's defense. We should be celebrating. We should be celebrating the success that he and his staff have had with this portal. That's what we should be focused on. But then once again, you know, shoot yourself in the foot. Shoot yourself in the foot. You know, and and so <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yes, I don't. Todd, the Scott Frost apologist. Uh, the hell! Uh, I, there's your there's your headline for the program. <laughs> Todd, Todd loves Scott Frost. No, 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 we're not going to Dot, dot, yeah. dot. And you should too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What else Todd happened loves. this week? What else did happen this week? I'm so glad you asked. Um, stuff. Things and stuff happened this week. Um, that's about all I know. Well, there was an incident involving cow photos. <laughs> We're okay, what else, what else happened? In, uh, <laughs> we shouldn't go there. What else happened? There was one other thing. Come on. What the hell else happened? There's Scott. Well, Nebraska didn't get a basketball player they wanted. Oh, that's right. He went to Creighton, that son of a bitch. See, I don't oh, even know God. who the guy is. I don't pay yeah, attention. Yeah, fuck him. He doesn't even have a name anymore. He, what John is saying is that he's dead to us. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well have gone to play for Dallas or something. <laughs> I mean, he, he's playing, oh, yeah, he's think, playing, he's playing for the Dallas Cowboys of NCAA basketball. I think well, the, the biggest thing, the big, obviously the biggest news though, everything is beyond Nebraska is all the nil stuff that's going on. The tampering, the rumors of money being thrown at players. Yeah. I saw a tweet today. Where some guy said that uh, boosters are giving money to players and recruits that this coach doesn't even want in his program. <laughs> I don't know. Were you guys? Uh, did either of you guys step onto Twitter today? I went bit. on for a little bit. So everybody knows that uh, you know Twitter is not much more than a haven for evil. And to prove that point, I have to uh, share with you. I give me. I apologize. I wasn't prepared. Uh, let me. Uh, so, at CFB Home, which is college football home, home for all things college football, around the clock for fifth quarter. Fifthquarter.net. Uh, their cover photo is a picture of the Grambling Tigers football stadium, uh, and they tweeted out something ridiculous. Question of the day, who is the best player to not win a Heisman? And some of the pictures that they used as offerings were Christian McCaffrey, Adrian Peterson, Saquon Barkley. I I, I can't tell you how quickly Nebraska fans jumped on this in the most glorious of manners. With one of two, 
Tommy Frazier or Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue. Can I can I share with you this? This gets brought up quite a bit. I don't know if we've ever done an in depth look at the 2009 defensive line statistics. Uh, Alabama w- was the national ch- championship team that year, and uh, they had 98. Uh, the defensive line had 98 tackles, 23 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. 20 quarterback hurries, five pass breakups, no interceptions, no force fumble, or one force fumble, three block kicks. Uh, the runner up was Texas with 112 tackles, 22 for loss, 14 sacks, 48 quarterback hurries, five pass breakups, no interceptions, one force fumble, no blocked kicks. Florida, the defending champs from a year prior, had 116 tackles, 25 and a half for a loss, 15 and a half sacks. 10 quarterback hurries, seven pass breakups, no interceptions, two forced fumbles, no block kicks. Indomitian Sue, by himself, had 82 tackles, 23 tackles for a loss, 12 sacks, 24 quarterback hurries, 10 pass breakups, one interception, one forced fumble, three blocked kicks. Did not win the Heisman. It's a, it's, you know what? The Heisman is a worthless award unless it's your guy that's up for it. How is, I mean, it, it's the, the problem the Heisman has is all of the people who won the Heisman get to vote for the next Heisman guy. And none of them motherfuckers are ever going to vote for a defensive player. They're just not. They're going to go, it's the greatest trophy in America. It's for the best player offense. You know what I mean? That's it. It's, it's just, can, can I ask a question? Give me an you guys? Can can I ask it? This is a serious. I apologize. I feel like I got something in my eye. But can I ask a serious question? Thank you. God, that's something my mother would say. So congratulations. Uh, what upsets you more? And 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 I'm asking you guys because of, of your age and wisdom, uh, mostly age. What upsets you more that Indomitian Sue did not win the Heisman or that Tommy Frazier did not win the Heisman? Well, uh, what I what I was going to say just a minute ago, when you say something like that, how does anybody ever question that Indomitian Sue wasn't the most dominant defensive lineman, defensive player of all time? I mean, yeah. you you just simply put that stat line up, and th- there welcome. is not another defender that that produced at that level. No way, no how. Now I. Back to what you were saying, you know, okay, Tommy Frazier and Dominican Sue, and, and it's probably because of my age and my era, but Tommy Frazier, mm-hmm. because Tommy Frazier won a national championship and he carried, um, you know, it's hard to say that Dominican Sue didn't carry the Nebraska defense on his back, but Tommy Frazier carried that offense on his back in that game against Florida. And you know, everybody I thought wanted, he carried Florida on his back. He carried Florida on his back. <laughs> I mean, people, people, everybody wants, you know, we continue, you know, 50 years later, we're still replaying Lyle Bremser's, you know, um, man, woman, and child got him Rogers jumping in the aisles. Yeah. Why aren't we, why don't we replay the call of Tommy Frazier's run where he ran through 47? you know, Florida players. I mean, they were sending people off the bench to try to tackle the son of a bitch. And, and to that members of the Florida, this is what pe- people don't realize this. And this is true. I encourage everybody to go to YouTube and look it up, but members of the Florida Gator marching band were running onto the field to try to stop him. And you, you couldn't see him. They were in camouflage, but that's a fact, Jack. <laughs> what was it? Tommy Fraser played in three national title games. It was MVP of two. Is that right? Well, he was MVP. John, I don't remember those things. I, th- but, yeah. I think that's the that's correct. But, and then, but I I'd still say it's Sue just because I, he all the he won the Outland that year. What? Uh, come on, the, he, the Remingtons Lombardi. from the interior. Lombardi. There you go. He yeah. won that. I mean, the guy was a force. He was a generational player, and you normally would give those. The only reason he didn't win it is because he was defense. That's yeah, it. That it. It that's it. It's because it's not to the best player. It's to the best offensive player that's a quarterback or wide receiver or running back. And that's well, I it. Wanna, I, I wanna I wanna kind of uh, address that 
one more uh, to to one of the. Do you think if Nebraska wins the Big Twelve championship, that catapults him above? Uh, I believe it was Mark Ingram from Alabama that won it that year. Um, but Which do you think year? that catapults it? Sue when when Sue came in second, I believe in in Heisman voting in '09. Uh, do you think I that if I struck all those fake people from my memory permit forever? I like how you said you struck that like you had control of it. <laughs> yeah, I, struck the, I do. I struck them from my memory. No idea okay. who the fakers are. <laughs> but if, do you think if, do do you think that that if Nebraska beats Texas in the Big Twelve championship and and they are you know they have that again I'm using the word cachet they have that mm, that reckoning the trophy. That that elevates Sue to a, a little level that gets him a little higher than again. I think Ingram. I don't think so because no, it, you know the, oh, the voting fine. the voting would have been done before the national championship game because if 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 Nebraska would have beat Texas, would they have not played in the national championship game? No, they excuse me. Um, they would have played played in the conference championship game. First. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you say, and you say the voting no. takes place before conference Wouldn't championship matter. weekend. I can't remember. Defensive voting. player. It's a defensive player. A okay. defensive player that in the Big Twelve championship okay. threw Colton McCoy around like a rag doll. And all these guys who vote for the Heisman that are quarterbacks would look at that and go, "I don't want that guy anywhere fucking near me at the Heisman house about ever." <laughs> He he. Those guys would be scared. They wouldn't visit the Heisman house. Yeah. And Dominic and Sue would have won the Heisman. There's no way, no way, all those guys would come back to the Heisman house. They they would have given him a key and changed the locks. That's what they would have done. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about Tommy. Uh, not Tommy Frost. Jeez, Tommy. Bo Frazier. Jackson might have come to the Heisman house with him there. Yeah, because Bo knows. Um, how is it? that Nebraska wins three national championships in four years and doesn't get a Heisman winner out of that. Is it because, I mean, like, as we mentioned, yeah, I think Tommy Frazier should have won it over Eddie George. Uh, but again, you have the, the brand of the, the Ohio state university. Ooh, those buck nuts. On the I majors. think Tommy uh, Frazier didn't win it because people looked at him and said, he's a system quarterback, just like they do. Uh, passers from Texas Tech or something like that. You have a lot of these guys. First of all, there's a bias in not just the the player, the Heisman winners voting themselves a bias toward the offense, but there's a bias in the media for these guys. You know, they tend to be more East Coast oriented. Plus, uh, you, you, whenever they get into a guy and they want to flatten him and they want to dismiss him and they want to talk down about him, they go, well, he's a system player. He's a, they could put anybody else in that system and they would be producing the same numbers. And that's the kind of shit they throw at people when they don't want them winning awards and things like that or getting accolades. So I think that's why ultimately Tommy Frazier didn't win that award. Fine with that. That's a brilliant answer. And I, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to, to extrapolate that and articulate that. Thank you, John. Uh-huh. John, have I told you that you're a gosh darn treasure? Uh, you have. Okay. Well, I mean it. I'm sorry. I was just, I was practicing if I have a bottle of blue chew or something. I don't know what they come in. Do they come in bottles or packs? What are, how do they sell that shit? I, I don't think it's Let's a bottle. Let's pretend. It, okay. It's a really big pill. <laughs> Good news. It's a suppository. <laughs> um, there was something else that I wanted to uh, uh, ask about, but I forgot what it was. So, is the Bob Devay any question? It can be. <laughs> yes. I don't know what Let's it is. go with that. The Bob Devaney question, indeed. Uh, John, this is me asking the Bob Devaney question. Take it from there. Chief. Okay. We'll come up with one. You know, <laughs> we haven't done any tips about dating or marriage for a while. Well, it's been a while since we got the whole gang together. So, <laughs> Todd, Todd? It's very you, quiet. <laughs> Todd, 
<laughs> Let me throw a, a, a theoretical situation at you. Yes, Greg. Let's say you have to attend a wedding. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, do, do you, how do I want to ask this? Do you get sentimental at weddings, Todd? Does, does it make you, you know, like, um, all right. So let, I'll, I'll phrase the question around this at a baptism in, 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 no, I can't call it my church, but in the Catholic church, it, 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 when there's a baptism, everybody's encouraged to kind of renew their baptismal vows. Uh, uh, you know, do you renounce sin and believe that yada, yada. When you go to a wedding with, and you're there with uh, Mrs. Todd, do you get that sentimentality and, you know, kind of like hold her hand, give her a little squeeze and you know, kind of, oh, yeah, honey, we were here 33 years ago. And uh, it sure does feel, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. I do it all over with you again. Do you get feelings like that, Todd? Um, the last wedding I went to, um, I had a, a, the waterworks, you know, I couldn't control the waterworks. Wow. Was it, it was your uh, daughter though, right? It doesn't my count daughter, your daughter. So, um, yeah, that doesn't count. But, <laughs> I mean, it counts, but. You know, I'm, I'm not sure I get uh, sentimental. You know, I, I think everybody probably thinks about it a little bit. Um, and you know, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that I, that I didn't think about it, but I don't, I don't think every wedding you go to, you, you think back to that. Um, I, I'll tell you when I think it probably happens more, you know, for guys than it does for gals is at the reception. And when you see, when you see, you know, the bride and the groom out on the dance floor or something like that, um, you know, I think maybe that's where some of the sentiment comes back or when I got, you know, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, I think that people might get sentimental when, you know, the two of them face each other up, you know, in front of the church. And, and you know, I don't, it's kind of one of those things that we use the word it a lot and you can't really define it. But when you see two people that are truly in love, looking into each other's eyes, that's it. And you, you know it. Um, so I, I, you know, I think you have to be a pretty cold person um, or someone who has suffered a miserable marriage <laughs> um, not to be a little bit sentimental at those moments in time. John, uh, given that setup, so, yes, I cry all the time. John, similar question. <laughs> when, when you uh, attend a wedding with uh, Mrs. CN, do you lean over and be like, Hey, honey, tonight we're going to reenact our wedding night. No. Oh, okay. The last, we wedding I went that. To, the last wedding I went to, I went out and did a YouTube video after the wedding in my car <laughs> because we lost to fucking Michigan by one score. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 the last that'll... wedding I went to. Greg, let God. me tell you. Let me tell you what will help that. Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, um, let you in on a little secret. Oh, yes, God. Uh-oh. Um, you should be taking notes. On, uh, I should be taking my earbuds out. <laughs> on, on John's wedding night, John and... You did not this, enact the, the ancient rite of Prima Noctra, I hope. No. Um, John and Mrs. Coronation, um, they had a little obstacle to overcome before um consummation and um they didn't have bluetooth back then <laughs> i forgot about this you're well, gonna bring this up some um well i mean there's a lot to bring up from that but uh oh, shit. some five foot tall female who was a guest of one of john's um wedding party mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm thought it would be real interesting to see if in fact she could put a whole five pound bag of flour down the vents of John's vehicle, oh, not just a few tablespoons, but, but let's see if we can put a full five pound bag 
of flour down the vents of John's car. Who did the silly string? Um, said five foot tall female. Okay, so okay. <sighs> oh, my you know that God. fucking car spewed flour the rest of its life. It, honest to God, did. Every winter when you go to get in the car, it'd be 20 below. You'd turn the fucking heater on and turn it all the way up. Flour would fly out of the vents while you were going to work. Oh, it was my one God. of the reasons why we got rid of that fucking car. Because barely flour just gets in a car and there you know, getting it out and it all blows out. Heat. It's always there. So you could so, go into work looking like you've done a bunch of cocaine or something. <laughs> a, a, a very serious follow-up to, to that story. Uh, I didn't realize, my, my wife was informing me, you know, from the medical side that if you work in a bakery, that you can develop respiratory issues from all the flour. Yeah. Well, John, John had a heart attack because of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a new reason. That's going into a book. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll we'll plug your books at the end of the show, John. So, all right. So we've we've tackled grain the bins. marrying grain the, the, bins. The, another issue. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, I only did um, wheat harvest once in my life, and it almost killed me. All right, let's talk about child rearing. <laughs> how, how long are we gonna go we have a whole se- off season ahead of us and we haven't even got to be off season any part of off season in, in my defense i don't know exactly what time we started so i'm not sure have we gone an hour no i think we've gone. Close. all right we'll save our parenting question for next time also want to uh remind the folks of the good news and the good news being um, that Haas Reuter will be joining us shortly. Probably not in May, maybe the very end of May. Uh, I'm sure he'll have some opinions on Oshawn Mathis, Devin Drew, uh, and and uh, just all the good things that are happening uh, on the offensive and defensive lines for your Nebraska Cornhuskers. So we'll end it there. Um, we've had – this was – this episode was more of an emotional roller coaster than we've had in a while. So oh, that's probably uh, true. Yeah. We we like to have fun and we like to laugh. Um there are some serious things that, that need to be discussed from time to time. So hopefully it didn't bring you down too much. Uh, but it nothing will brighten your day more than imagining our fearless leader, John Johnston, uh looking like he just came in out of the snow, uh starting up his old car. Uh, you know, a few weeks after he got married. So after take those happy. Food. You know, after some... I'd, I'd forgotten all about that and I'd forgiven all of it, but now I'm suddenly getting, <laughs> all, you know, he's getting all worked up on the insides again. Uh, so I know it's a few years since John's wedding, uh, your wedding, John, but maybe there's a, a five foot uh, individual who uh, needs a receipt on that and uh, maybe it's time for a little payback <laughs> yeah yeah so john john is uh john knows where said five foot individual resides so yeah payback I, out of curiosity we're, we're being very vague was it your wife todd or was it like future wife future wife yes okay well i mean yeah. okay with i uh, didn't know so with another future wife or current wife or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Why? Well, I mean, you were being very vague at the beginning. So I legit didn't know if it was just some stranger that a, a groomsman Listen, brought. I appreciate that, that we got to the, the nitty gritty of it. And, and now we know, um, John, I say this with full sincerity. I will help you on the payback mission. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You know, so, at that at that wedding, and I know we're wrapping up here, but at that wedding, it could have been anybody. I mean, there were people that showed up at that wedding from like Colorado and Iowa. They just knew that John and Heidi were getting married, and they let's go to let's let's go to the wedding. And um, it, it it was it was it was one of the most incredible weekends I've ever had in my life. 
let's let's never imagine the fact that John would ever invite anyone from Colorado to his wedding. He has better. He did. They just showed up. (laughs) You you got a pass. You're from uh, Iowa originally, Todd. You get a pass uh, because you're you're a husker through and through. But I know better. John wouldn't uh, bring any of those hippy dippy liberal, you know, Coloradoans uh, into uh, his wedding. So uh, that's enough for this show. We want to thank uh, Todd. Thank you, John. Uh, and thank you, uh, our viewers and watchers. Uh, without you, we're just three guys in three states talking Husker football. And we'd still do it, but we appreciate that we have a few people watching and listening and throwing some feedback. So uh, thank you all. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Happy Teacher Appreciation Week.